Hi, I'm Rick Wasserman, and you're listening to Across the Bifrost. Whosoever holds this hammer, if he be worthy, shall possess the power of thought. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Across the Bifrost. This is the Mighty Thor podcast, where on each and every episode, we explore the world of Marvel's Mighty Thor. I am your host, Ryan Doze. And today, everybody, I have no co-host with me, but I kind of get to check off a little bit of a like a podcast bucket list item. Uh, sometimes when you devote so much time to a character and you read comics and you watch movies and you watch TV shows... There's certain people you want to talk to because you want to pick their brain about the character and how they added to the character. And today we get to do that. Uh, I get to talk to Rick Wasserman about his work on Thor. So, Rick, welcome to Across the Bifrost, man. Hey, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. We are. Uh, I, I'm overjoyed. I was telling you a little bit about before we got started. Uh, your work on uh, Avengers, Earth's Mightiest Heroes as yeah. the voice of our guy Thor, uh, yeah. and some some of his cool supporting characters that we'll we'll definitely mention uh, a little bit later. That was one of my introductions to the character because that's yeah predates the first movie. That predates uh, you know seeing our guy in live action, and uh, you put a voice to a character that I had only read in a book, and I'm not sure the voices that I made up in my head. <laughs> We're as good as yours, so oh, please. I'm excited to pick your brain about about all that sort of stuff. But for uh, sure, I just wanted to like get rocking and rolling here. With uh, do you have any like what what are your like first memories of superheroes, comics? Was that part of your growing up? Do you have sure. any? So, so now I get to date myself. Okay, here we go. Okay, so, uh, what you should know is that my first sort of taste of superheroes was. Um, the Christopher Reeve Superman film, oh. uh, Richard Donner film, which I think that and the second Superman film that he made, which they made at the same time, were sort of, uh, they really set the, the mark for me. I mean, I loved everything about them. I thought they were extremely exciting to watch. I thought they were very funny. I thought they had real heart. And I thought it was the first time where I believed someone was flying. Like, I, I bought it. I bought the kind of... Uh, physics of the whole thing. I thought, yeah, it would look something like that. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And then uh, I think the next thing I remember in terms of my own watching anything that had to do with superheroes was the Lou Ferrigno, Bill Bixby Hulk series. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Now, so this is my, this is really my whole knowledge of Hulk. And in this Hulk, he doesn't say anything. Right. He roars occasionally, but that's it. He doesn't talk, uh, which is interesting because many years later, I am cast to voice the Hulk in uh, Planet Hulk. Yes. And he does talk. In fact, <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> He's pretty chatty in this one. Pretty chatty, yep. <laughs> uh, and, and my only memory of Hulk was he doesn't talk at all. So that was kind of fun to sort of invent the whole thing. But comics, I, I didn't have comics. I mean, comics just weren't part of my life. They were in my house. I didn't even know about them until I was actually much older and I saw a young person reading a comic and I thought what is this like the Sunday funnies oh no 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 it's like <laughs> a magazine with one character and was I really had no idea about them I mean for me they were just kind of things that I'd read about that right. kids read comics but I'd never seen a comic book store I had no experience about it at all 
Yeah. Wow. So uh, that that inter- like l- later on in life, are you talking like after you've broken into the like into the entertainment world? Or oh no, I mean when I was a kid, my, okay. my experience of superheroes really just was based on what I knew about the occasional feature film and right. the TV series. <laughs> uh, that's it. You're saying you have like these these fond memories of like the Christopher Reeve uh, Superman was like was Superman your favorite growing up was Lou Ferrigno's Hulk your favorite growing up did you have a favorite? She's I don't know if I had a favorite I was a I mean I was an interesting kid like I didn't I didn't play a sport couldn't play a sport uh, so I got involved in special effects makeup like that was my thing that okay. and uh, magic as into I was that kid I did magic and makeup. And you don't have to say it. you were the cool kid. You don't have to. Oh. <laughs> I, I think there are a few people that would say that, but but I I liked those things. I just liked both of those yeah. things. So I was there wasn't a whole lot of makeup going on in the Superman film, but of course, in order to get Lou Ferrigno to look like the Hulk, they did use prosthetics and yeah. and they had contact lenses. In fact, listen to this. This is crazy. Fantastic. When uh, many many years later, uh, I moved to New York and then I moved to California and I lived. Uh, between Calabasas and Malibu in this area and I was cast in a play about Houdini so this is already a kind of a bucket list thing I get to play Houdini I get to uh, do some Houdini tricks at the Magic Castle which is a very famous magic venue here in California Uh, uh, Houdini has blue eyes I do not have blue eyes so I endeavored to have blue eyes by going to get contacts but I didn't go just anywhere. I went to the same guy who made the contacts for Lou Ferrigno and Bill Bixby in the, there's no other place I was going to go. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> because somehow now I'm part of that. Right. <laughs> I, right. I tell myself. The the kid in you would have been so betrayed if you wouldn't, yes. <laughs> yes. wouldn't have gone and got Yes. Lou. Little inner Ricky was kind of high-fiving me the whole way to the contact place. Yeah. I would imagine in like, in just kind of like some of the cool stuff you've gotten to do, there's many times you're like, man, 10 year old me would be digging this right now. <laughs> like as much as adult me is really loving it, like gosh, the kid version of me would just be absolutely floored. I think so. I think the kid version of me would be sort of stunned that I found something interesting to do. You know, like I did <laughs> magic and makeup. I thought, am I going to be a magician? I mean, I don't know. A- a- am I going to be a makeup artist? I-, I don't know. And now, you know, here I am playing superheroes and 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 that's really neat. Didn't expect that at all. I mean, it was yeah. never on my radar, which is interesting because when I was doing like Avengers, yeah, it was a great situation because we're all in the studio at the same time. When I played a Hulk, I was alone. And they kind of cut and paste your your dialogue in with other people, which worked for that because Hulk needed to feel isolated. It was a very sensitive, emotional Hulk for that. But this, yeah. with the Avengers, we're all in the room at the same time. That's so amazing. when I square off with Captain America or look over here, like they're in the room and can we really <sighs> talk with each other, which is wonderful. And um, a lot of those people, it was in their future. That is, this was no surprise that they were going to be here one day. Oh, like okay. they loved superheroes, they love comics, they love the canon. Like they know it, they understand it. Um, I didn't. So the fact that they were there was ticking many boxes for them. And okay. the fact that I was there was just kind of like, huh, look at this. I mean, I never. <laughs> look at I never thought- here we are. This is interesting. 
because I really started, I, I'm an actor, so I was doing plays and I was doing regional plays and Shakespeare and, and then I was doing, um, I moved to New York and I was uh, in The Lion King on Broadway for a number of years. And so I realized at that point I could probably do some character-y kind of voices uh, and I still wasn't doing any voiceover and then I fell into voiceover uh, in a very bizarre way, but I fell into it and I realized that I, uh, in the voiceover industry, sometimes there's this evolution where you, the industry tells you what area you're going to fall into. Like if okay. you start booking a lot of commercials, then you sort of evolve into a commercial voice actor. It's okay. not to say you can't also do other areas, but you know, this is where your bread and butter is. And yeah. my bread and butter turned out to be promos. I don't know why that just, I, I mean, I never grew up thinking one day, one day I'm going to say tonight, you know, like I, I, I didn't know, um, <laughs> but that's, that's what happened. And I started doing promos for uh, HBO and I uh, was the voice of the food network and ABC daytime and all these different things. And I was the voice of A and E for four years. And then I became the voice of AMC and I had that job for almost 15 years. So it's every day, all day, in a booth going like, tonight on The Walking Dead. Just kind of over and over, in every permutation of that you can imagine. Mad Men, Breaking Bad. You know, like... <laughs> Holy shit. You just so, say it over and over, yeah. You're saying that all those years I was watching, you know, Rick and the gang uh, take out <laughs> zombies. On, that was you the whole time? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, now that sounds incredible. I'm sure you get this a lot. It's like, oh, that was you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I usually get this with my friends who know that I'm in a video game that they're playing and with like great excitement, they'll go like, dude, I just played this. And I'll go, oh, neat. And they'll say, I killed you last night. I killed you. You know, like like really excited about it too. Oh my Perfect. God. I, my, so my, you, you mentioned something just a minute back that my wife would absolutely just uh, be... Uh, really disappointed if I didn't follow up on you're yeah. on Lion King on Broadway. Yeah. Your, what was your favorite character? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, so in a huge Broadway fan and like our family oh, really? in love with Broadway. So, Oh, great. I would love to know. Yeah. In my tenure there, I played Timon, Pumbaa, Zazu and Scar. And I think out of those, my favorite would probably be Scar just because it's always fun to play the bad guy and it's a really cool outfit. <laughs> the costume is really cool with all yeah. the other characters. They're, they're puppets in some version of a puppet. Like Timon is a traditional uh, Bon Raku puppet, which is like having a toddler stand on your feet uh, and you kind of move the puppet in front of you. And Pumbaa is just a giant pig costume where it's the entire body and you operate the snout with your hands. Uh, and Zazu, is you know the bird yeah he is a complete separate puppet like you could take that puppet and throw it away i mean you wouldn't want to it's a fifteen thousand dollar puppet but i would imagine he's very but expensive. it's just this <laughs> it's this puppet and so you kind of dance around and you make the puppet dance around but scar is, is no puppet the only kind of disney magic on that is his he's got a big scar helmet on his head yeah right, like here. and there's some cabling that comes down the side of your neck into a little controller in your hand so that you can make the mask push off your face like this and oh. swing around so uh so when you like confront mufasa you take a stance and then your head comes forward like that it's really cool uh 
And that's really fun. You know, you get to do your Simba, Simba, Simba. You know, all that fun Jeremy Iron stuff. That was fun. Okay, I, I got to just one more follow up with because I know like the, the listeners are like, hey, Thor guy, right? Voice of Thor. <laughs> Thor um, right. But we also freaking love Lion King around here. So um, did you watch a lot of the original film? Like, because I, I, like Jeremy Irons' voice is iconic as that character. Like, so what did you, like, what did you know you wanted to do differently? And what did you know, like, had to kind of stay the same to still yeah. be? That, that's a good point, Ryan, you know, because that audience comes there expecting something you know like if you go to see like aladdin on broadway and the guy who's playing aladdin has like a thick italian accent you're gonna go what this is weird and if the guy's blonde with long hair like it would be it's not that he couldn't do a good job it would just not be per the expectation because they've seen the animated feature right? right and so yes there are definitely parameters there's only so much you can do i remember i was in rehearsal once for timon and there's this part where just before um, Can You Feel the Love Tonight, uh, yes. Timon and Pumbaa are like, come on, Simba, let's get out of here. Because Nala shows up. Come on, Simba, let's get out of here. And he goes, no, no, guys, you go ahead. And Timon looks at the audience and he goes, you think you know a guy? <laughs> right? right? That's it. And I said it and I was told that I can't quite say it that way. You I needed to say Yeah, well, they want something they want something close to it, right? They want something close. You could do some, but they want, you think you know a guy. They want that because people kind of, they're waiting for that punchline. Yeah. So, yeah. so if you go see some fam- famous musical and you want to do your own riff on this song, mm, there's parameters. People okay. come with expectations. You got to knock it out of the park and do a really great job, but you can't stray too far. You know, you really got to wa- walk the line. You got to oh. walk the line and and good directors and stuff will help you with that. And if you have a pretty good sense, you know, I'm not sitting there in my dressing room like tonight. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to do my, my own thing. No, 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 no. You know, um, my, my star will only speak Yiddish tonight. That's I, that's what's good. No, I didn't do anything nuts. I just tonight when day. I go for my Tony. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> tonight, the Tony. Uh, what, so uh, we've mentioned a few different like uh, people and kind of just forms of creativity. Were there any like particular inspirations that you had like going in? Like, oh, I watched this person do this and like it wanted, made me want to do, you know, this kind of thing. Or did mm. you have a person or? Well, in terms of voice acting, at some point when I was growing up and, you know, when your voice changes, when you're a guy, your voice changes. My voice changed pretty early and it was pretty dynamic. Like I my voice didn't break. You know, I didn't have that. It was just kind of one day it was here and the next day it was here. You know, that it just kind of happened. And people would say things to me. They would say, wow, you've got a deep voice or you sound like you're on radio or something like that. So. I knew that my voice had something that was ear catching, you know, so it wasn't ever good. So I thought at some point in my life, voiceover could happen. I wasn't planning on it, but I thought maybe because I have a voice that's deep and people have remarked on it. Uh, But I had always been a fan of animation. I've always been a fan of cartoons. I'm a big Warner Brothers fan. My my parents, we grew up and we watched all the kind of classic Warner Brothers cartoons and all the Disney features at the time. And uh, so I was a real Mel Blanc fan. 
who isn't? I like you know, it was really special to me. Uh, I actually got to see him speak when I was a kid in person. He did a lecture, uh, and my parents took me to a lecture. Listen, I didn't know what he was talking about. I was too young. I was like five or six. But of course, at some point, he started doing the voices, and boy, that was very exciting. And then I later read his book, and he talked about being in a very, very serious accident, and um, he was not communicative. People, he was in a coma, and he came out of his coma because of his characters. People would ask not to speak to Mel, but to speak to Bugs, and he would answer in Bugs' voice. I mean, I thought, oh, I could, I could, I could do this. It's very inspiring. Um, and I'm also, as an actor, I'm just big on storytelling. Like I like movies and I like TV and I like documentaries and I like great singing and great dancing and great, it's all storytelling. It's all sort of, they're all related. And voiceover, once I realized it was really just voice acting, it's just storytelling, yeah. um, became a much more possible thing for me. I knew I was gonna be an actor and this is voice acting. Oh, they're related. I, I can uh, approach them the same way. And that's, that is exactly what I do. I approach, I approach them the same. It's not like I do my stage acting and then I do something completely different for voice acting. Yeah. I don't. It's the same. Well, so a quick follow-up there. Like what is, this is a fan favorite question. We, we love to ask creatives on this show. What is, what is a work day like for you then? And I know mm -hmm. for you, like, it's going to, it's probably going to change, you know, a little bit, you know, on the form of acting you're doing, but like how, sure. what is a normal work day like for you? Yeah. It was really different in New York when I was doing, Lion King during the nights and during the day I might film a TV show like a Law and Order or do a commercial. I was the zest soap guy for a little while, uh, you know, like, uh, and then I also do voiceover. So I'm doing The Wire only on HBO, right? So I would do that a little bit. Then I do a movie trailer and then I'd get to do uh, some narration. So, uh, I, in New York, I was just doing everything. It was a very kind of full creative time. This is before I was married and before I had children. Um, and I was uh, an actor who did a little voiceover on the side. And at some point, it just flip-flopped. And I was a voice actor doing a little bit of stage acting on the side. Yeah, yeah. And during those AMC years, uh, and that was also the Avenger years, I was almost exclusively in the booth. We moved to Malibu and it was gorgeous, but I never saw it because I was in a booth. You know, I was just always in the booth. I'm not complaining, believe me. I mean, because of voiceover, I could afford a life where I could be home with my kids all the time. Most of the guys I knew, my dad, all the, they, you know, they, they were away. They, six o'clock in the morning, they left and then they came home. You know, you're away at 4.30 in the morning and come home hopefully in time for dinner. And, and I really feel fortunate that I could find a life where I could be with my kids. I didn't have to catch up with them on the weekend. So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So once in California, life changed. I'm just in the booth a lot. Yeah. So sometimes I'd get the script the night before, but almost always I'd get the script that I'm going to record the day of, whether it's a promo, uh, if it's narration, like I've done a lot of National Geographic narration, Discovery narration, Shark Week, uh, that kind of thing. Do a lot of that um, narration. They give you a couple days, you know, okay. to work on, which is good. But for movie trailers, like my first big movie trailer was that Ray Charles movie, Ray. Oh, like, great, and, great! And that I just got to, you know, show up at the studio, and I got in the booth, and I went, Ray, 
rated PG-13. You know, like, that's it. Uh, <laughs> you're just like, you're done. <laughs> well, yeah, until they said, you know, you say a couple other things like, a man, his music, da 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 right. Uh, and, and then at some point, Jamie Foxx gets nominated, so then you have to go back in, right? You said, yeah. Golden Globe nominee, Jamie Foxx. And then he wins, so you gotta go back in. <laughs> Golden Globe winner, Jamie Foxx. And then he gets nominated for People's Choice, and you go back in, and you keep going back in every time he's nominated, every time someone wins something, and you could quickly, I bought my wife a car in cash from Jamie Foxx, uh, continually, <laughs> you know, <laughs> stepping up and getting uh, nominated. The more success Jamie Foxx has, the more success Rick has. <laughs> There's great ripple effect there. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. I feel better soon. Wow, that so, is that is great. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But yeah, bu busy days, busy days. Yeah. Most spending a lot of time in the booth, which is great, you know, for a voiceover career. On the other hand, people are probably not meant to be in a box for too long. Like we we can get a little punchy. So at some point, I told my wife, I, I need to spend a little bit of time outside this box because I'm going to start getting, you know very like Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Like, we, we let's be careful here, let's be, let's be smart. So uh, my engineer, my voiceover engineer and I created a voiceover booth, a traveling booth, uh, which we had patented and trademarked and we sell it. It's called the Tri-Booth so that I could go and do a show and keep doing voiceover without stopping because awesome. you can't really stop doing voiceover. If you're the voice of a network, you can't say, listen, I'm gonna take a couple months off. They'll just give your job away. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. So don't want to do that. So I mean, the, the one, the the big reason why we're here is because I wanted to talk to you about you know your work as Thor. How did that opportunity to voice Thor come about? Because like yeah. you said, you weren't like you weren't in like the superhero bubble yet. Um, That's true. How did that? How did that come to be and get uh -huh. on your radar? It's true. Uh, I was mostly doing promos and trailers and, you know, commercials, that kind of thing. And because I had done Lion King, I thought for sure I should probably ask my agents that there was a whole department just to do animation, video game, that kind of thing, the whole department. But I hadn't been in there. And I said, listen, I feel fairly confident I could do something like that. I, I know those people, by the way, let me just give it up for them. People who do animation, video game, like that's all they do every day, all day yeah they're ridiculously gifted people I, I can't do what they do they could do 400 voices they're in every cartoon that ever existed I, i'm not that guy i what? admire those people they have an instrument and some vocal pyrotechnics that i cannot do <laughs> uh, but i thought i could probably do a few things pretty well you know um so maybe they would consider me so i went in and they let me start reading on a couple of things and one of the first things that i booked uh was hulk Awesome. It was Hulk for Marvel. Yeah, so it was a pretty big jump, like to start doing Hulk. And so yeah. I did Hulk, and now I'm somehow in the Marvel universe. You're affiliated now. Yeah, I, uh, there was a, a couple of big red carpet events for this movie, and I did a Q&A with the president of Marvel and the director of the, the film. So I was sort of, I'm not like this, big uh, entity, but at least they know me. I'm on the radar. Yeah. So when Avengers, they're thinking about doing Avengers, they ask if I'm interested in auditioning for uh, Hulk. And I said, sure. Now, the guy who almost always plays Hulk is Fred Tatashore, who yes. I've worked with, I've directed. He's, he's a wonderful, wonderful guy. 
and is Hulk. Let's face it. I mean, his Hulk is the iconic smash kind of roaring Hulk. Um, planet Hulk Hulk is a very sensitive Hulk because he's gone to a planet where he's not the biggest and strongest anymore. Totally different story. Totally different story. He's just not screaming. So, uh, so Fred gets cast as Hulk. And I went, oh, well, that's fair enough. You know, that there's a guy who should play Hulk. And they said, do you want to audition for Thor? I went, okay. This was during my Hulk audition, right? They're like, do you want to try Thor? I went, sure. Uh, do you have anything in mind? And they said, think like Big Boy Scout. I went, okay, <laughs> okay. And interestingly, I mean, I'm talking very animatedly right now, but if I'm kind of chilled out, my voice is fairly close to Thor. I was you know, going to say that. I, I, was, you know, I was picking up on that. Yeah. So if I just sort of relax and let my normal kind of speaking voice go and slow it down. And, and if I start thinking, listen, he's a hero. So I just think heroically. And I'm also, because I'm an actor, I like to feel like I'm embodying my character. So if they give me pictures, which of course is plenty for Thor. Right. I try to feel the musculature and the size and the strength. Now, when we did, <laughs> when we did the, the series, I think there was maybe just a couple people in that room who, if we're honest, could really play those characters. Hmm. Like Brian Bloom could play Captain America. I mean, he <laughs> looks like Captain America. You're He's right. built like Captain America. The guy who was Black Panther could play Black, Black Panther. I mean, it, it seemed... I was not going to be playing Thor in the live action. So this was my moment to get my, my joy playing Thor, right? To feel the size, to be, you know, this godlike character. So it started there. It, that was the opportunity, not playing Hulk and having the opportunity to read for Thor. And they went, yeah, huh. yeah, we, we buy this. So, so it, you, you, okay. So there, there's a, maybe a little bit of a, um, uh, a naivete to this question, but I've been reading Thor comics for a long time and Thor has existed since the early sixties, a large, you know, almost five decades have gone by without people really knowing what this character's supposed to sound like, because mm. we, I was telling you before we got started, I read a voice into the comics because we all do that. You know, like with, books or with things that don't have an audio element to them we read a voice into them how did i how did you craft this voice for a character that really there's not a lot of material to base his sound mm. off of um, yeah that's that's a good question i know this for hulk I, I like i said the only hulk i really knew i had not seen any hulk animation i knew that it existed um i i avoided it I don't think there's anything wrong. I think if you want to go listen to all the Hulks and all the Thors because you're going to play that part, I'm not against that. You do whatever you do. But for me personally, I think I'm too easily swayed. Like oh. I'm, it's too easy for me to listen to someone. And even if I say mentally to myself, I go, I know I don't have to sound like that. I'm just listening to it. Some part of my brain is still going, yeah, but you got to sound a little bit like that. Right. Maybe just a little bit. You should. And, and I didn't want to have to deal with that. I'm okay. not I don't want to be in competition for something. I, I, my job is to tell the richest, clearest story I can. So what I do and what I recommend everyone do uh, is that I start with me. Right. It, it, it starts with Rick. No one's going to play Thor the way I play Thor because they're not Rick. And, and, and the foundation of my Thor is me. 
right? And not just my voice, but who I am, my sense of humor and my opinions and my musicality and my voice and my pacing. I'm, obviously, I can change those things, but it starts with me. I, I am not a blank slate who yeah. I can just kind of fill with Thor knowledge. I'm yeah. Rick first, and now I can mold some things. I consider how old the character is. I consider how big they are, how small they are, how strong they are, how healthy they are, what's their job. Um, what's their sense of humor like? I, I consider all these things, by the way, like I would do for any character. If I'm going to play Richard the Third, I do the same thing. Uh, when I play Thor, it is the same thing, that same process, except no one's going to see me. Okay, everyone, we're going to take a quick time out to remind you all that we have a Patreon. You can, for a few bucks a month, join the Thor Corps over on Patreon and join fantastic members of our next level of support. You can join folks like Will, Joshua, Eric B., Phil, Drew, Tripp, Haley, Joseph, Jason, Eric T., Brandon, and our lone listener supreme, the Burt Zerker. So all of those folks, they support us at that next level by joining the Thor Corps and checking us out on Patreon. Over there, you get bonus episodes, early audio for you know upcoming episodes, and you find out stuff about the show way in advance. You are in the know on the stuff that's going on across the Bifrost. So if you are able to we would just love you'd consider supporting us at that next level either way we hope you enjoy the rest of this episode whatever information they give me now if they had said at marvel for the avengers listen i want you to go and study this this and this i want you to read this about him and i want you they didn't they gave me the script and okay. so that was the source material for me which in okay. some ways is better, right? Rather than my going and like reading the canon, you know, first of all, when you're, when you're doing one story, when you're doing one episode at a time, you can't carry all of that information into the booth, right? You can't, you can't make all of it play. And some people go crazy with their backstory. They know so much. Uh, Thor was allergic to corn. Well, it's not gonna show up in this scene, is it? And so maybe I don't need to know that today. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's maybe too much information. So just the given circumstance, tell me the given circumstance and what things do I need to know about this character? And they let me know. Um, I thought it was a great moment when we did the stuff about his relationship with Jane Foster. You know, like he hasn't had this in his life. These kind of big epic things and the only epic feeling he hasn't felt has was love. And he was it was totally new and he was totally naive about it. That's very exciting as an actor right? It's different. <laughs> it's different. And there's only so many times you can, you know, throw a hammer and, you know, and yell and scream. But here's some real texture. Here's some real circumstance to kind of dig into. I love that. So, okay. So I, you know, I've, I've watched through the show, uh, the, the two collected seasons on Disney plus, which people, if you haven't watched it, you should go and, 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 and watch it. Um, like what I've noticed about Thor's voice and obviously who better to ask, but like you, you had like this, when he's having an intimate conversation, his voice is very soft and very almost like, like, like a, like a, like a, like a Shakespeare, like leading man. Kind yeah, of. that sounds right. 
but then like in the fight scenes like you freaking go for like i I rewatched a few episodes uh today just to kind of get back in the mindset i'm like thor is yelling half the time and he's kind of like calm and reserved the other time there's no like in between it felt like yeah that's funny yeah he might have two gears (laughs) yeah he's like two like two sides and like I, I've got to I've got to ask you mentioned this and, and I, I wanted to talk about this as well. You guys are all in there together. Yeah, I find that so cool because yeah. so many great characters that he plays off of. And one like I've, I've got to ask because you you voice several other characters. What do you do when Thor is having a conversation with another character who is also Rick? Like, yeah, how, like it happened a couple of yeah. times. Some people are really good at that. You know, um, they can just do whole scenes, just go back and forth and stuff like that, which I'm very impressed by that. To me, it's almost like a parlor trick. Like, I don't don't know how you're doing that. (laughs) For me, it really helps me to focus on one thing, uh, right? Because I'm thinking as an actor, I think of circumstance, my partner, my objective, like what I want them to do, right? What, what am I trying to get them to do? And what is my action to get them to do that? Maybe to threaten or to appeal or to calm or to, right? So that's what I want to focus on. It's too hard for me to switch back and forth right. from one character to the next. So it'd be easier for me to read one character, have someone just read the, the other character's lines uh, that won't get recorded. And yeah. then for me to switch character and have a moment to kind of realign my storytelling thoughts. All right. What are the circumstances now? And who is my partner now? And what do I want from them? That's much easier for me. But yeah, there are some people that can go like, hey, Batman, what do you want? You know, like they can they can do that back and forth thing. <laughs> that is amazing. I, there, there, so there's there's one person on this cast that I'm I, I just I'm a fan of his work. And I know you've done many scenes with him because the characters interact a lot. Going back and forth with Clancy Brown as Odin, like you both have such strong like, <laughs> personalities in this, these characters. I'm like, uh, and and I mean, he's he's great at a, a lot of different things. Oh, um, yeah. I feel like there isn't a Marvel character he hasn't voiced at some point. <laughs> yeah, um, but like those, like going back and forth with him, was there anything? special or significant about those interactions because you're playing father and son yeah there's a lot of emotion in those interactions well the good thing to know about clancy is before he's anything he's an actor before he's done an animated character he's an actor he's been an actor i've seen his movies uh i remember watching him on uh, as a kid he was uh in in a terrific movie where he was like a a criminal in jail so like juvenile jail and uh i just remember seeing him and then here we are all these years later working together, but he's an actor first, which puts me at great ease because I'm an actor, you know? Uh, listen, people can do voiceover coming from all different uh, backgrounds. Some people train to be a voice actor. I did not, you know, I trained to be a stage actor. And some people came up in stand-up comedy. Some people are um, radio people that come from radio, right? Um, people come from all over and find themselves doing uh, voiceover. So it was nice to know that I was in the room with not only someone who spoke my language, um, but I also really admired, which was terrific. And yeah, if you give us sort of the structure, the relationship structure of father-son, the room changed. Because it hasn't been like that before in that in that studio, right? 
that relationship of father son has not taken place in that series yet and then clancy shows up and now we have that dynamic yeah so he knows how to play that part and yeah and suddenly instead of being this dynamic superhero i'm a son you know that has a great weight on his shoulders and uh and a very rich history so it was a joy in the uh and speaking of you know portraying many marvel characters you you portrayed several other thor adjacent characters in the series like Surtur, uh <laughs> the absorbing man i i literally just at dinner i i was explaining to my kids who's dad talking to tonight and i was like oh well the the guy that voices thor from this cartoon we love he's like oh my gosh who else is he we talked about the absorbing man for like 20 minutes <laughs> we were talking about the character. but like these characters how did you like how did you i guess craft those voices as supporting characters yeah what was the differences um you know obviously we start with rick first that's right but um, a lot of they... these were done kind of a la minute you know like we're in the room and they'll say okay your character is like this sometimes we don't even have a visual right there's no animation yet and so it's like he's kind of like this and you know he's kind of thuggish and he's big and he's he's cruel and uh you know maybe a little new york oh yeah okay that's great because i'm from the east coast i'm like all right i can dig that uh he's got texture in his voice he he might and to make sure that if especially if he has a scene with thor that they have to have a lot of differences vocally yeah right? so not just like tonally but like i might resonate from a different area so like you okay. know like with a, an acoustic guitar when you pluck a string it's going to resonate the vibrate the air inside the hollow body of that guitar but people can direct their, their vibrations to different parts of their instrument so i can resonate up here like behind my nose or in my mouth or in my throat or in my chest and each one not only gives you a different sound but also gives you a different emotion like they feel different like this makes it's warm and maybe a little scary and a little uh, romantic maybe whereas this sounds a little bookish right this yeah, sounds a yeah. little right so um i pick a, a different place to resonate from i might find a different pitch i might find a different musicality you know some people will use the whole scale when they talk and some people will stay between one or two notes like this kind of flat uh adding texture no texture adding a dialect or no or or less of a dialect um pacing all of those things added up can you can find a lot of distinction yeah uh, between, a lot of contrast between your characters but yeah most of those those other characters happen sort of on the spot. Okay, he's like, it's like an improv class. Okay, he's like this and he feels like this and he has this quirk and and as an actor, you're meant to get a foothold on each of those. Okay, yeah. And you make these little micro adjustments to your voice and come up with something entirely new. Wow, that's so, so the, like those side characters, you're like, Thor is kind of your, your, in this project, your bread and butter. Yeah. And they're like, um, we need, um, we need, we need this. That's guy. right. It's like that so cool um and so i know this is you know a project that lasted a few years there was a few you know like um are we coming back for a third season are we not you know and then of course it doesn't get to a third season yeah. um when you got done with this project uh, i mean we still do like video games and stuff like that as this character but like did you have a moment from working on avengers that was like man this is my favorite thing about being a part of this you know portraying this character with this yeah. project 
absolutely I can tell you the thing that I like the most I think it I think it stems from being in the theater like I said I, I never played a team sport but theater is kind of a team sport yeah. and most of voiceover most of it is very isolated especially doing promos you know tonight of the walking dead there's no one else there it's just me in a room by myself you know <laughs> and for 15 years like I there was no one to go have there's no work peers that I could go hang out with. There is no Get drinks you know afterwards. I mean? Like exactly. There is none of that. It's um, it can I mean, you, you record in an isolation booth and it's a very good name for it because it is a very isolating experience. Yeah. So the Avengers gave me that, that uh, immersive collaborative experience yeah. where everyone was in the room, the director, the writer, everyone's there. Uh, and boy, I didn't realize I had missed it so much, mm. but, um, like I wound up going, like I run. So I would go running with the guy who played, uh, black Panther. Like we, we talked, we stayed in touch. I still know a lot of these people, you know, and, and awesome. it's really lovely. So uh, did you, I, mean, I know that for you, this is, this is a, us as fans, we look at this and like, oh my gosh, all this like nerdy information that no one ever cares about. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're doing a job. Like this is something that you devoted your life to. Did you have like a favorite episode of the show or a favorite part where you're like, man, I feel like I really hit my stride doing this mm. story or doing this dialogue. Yeah. I think, I think I would have to probably go along with uh, the, the Jane Foster arc I just like that so much. Yeah. I'm again because I'm I'm not against all the heroic stuff. It's great, but like suddenly this just became. It's not a rom com. <laughs> it's not that, but it's <laughs> it's a scene between a guy and a girl, and I don't know. There's something very. Yeah. I, I've been through that. Yeah. Like I know what that feels like. I can bring more Rick to that than I can fighting a frost giant. You know, I've not done that. <laughs> So yeah, you know, hey, your career could go in many ways. You know, like, it's possible. Hey, Anything's who possible. Who knows? Uh, uh, man, that's well, and it's it's we talk about this a lot on the show. How you know this whole show is built around studying, uh, studying and appreciating a character that is supposed to be otherworldly, but have these has these moments of humanity. Yes, make him truly unique and and thought provoking. That's right. They have to because otherwise you could never relate. You know? No, no, and I think that sometimes, like, like uh, superheroes often, you know, can get those. Like Superman is kind of a hard one. It's like, well, he he's good at everything. <laughs> like, Thor, Thor is right. kind of like that. Where Thor, he's good at everything. Like, he, no one's gonna beat him in a fight, but he doesn't understand how to love a girl. Like, that's well, that's like, well said. Yes, that's right. Most of most of us have been there where we're like, we really like this person, and we don't know how to vocalize that, or that's it's right. so foreign to us. Yeah. So I love I love that that is the I love that that's the thing. Yeah. Um, I, I, so um, before we get to our thunder round, which is something that our listeners okay forward to with our with our guests, is there anything that we started talking about that you feel like we didn't finish up well, or that you know thing people just need to know more about this part of your uh, your work? Uh, before we jump into our get to know you stuff i don't i don't think so you know i like i said um i i voiceover has become a big part of my life but you know i by the way i, I still do magic you know uh i i still um i still do a stage show when i have the opportunity it gets harder and harder as my kids get older and stuff um i teach by the way that was another way i got out of the booth awesome. uh, I, 
people were like, hey, how are you doing all this voiceover? And I would kind of let my actor friends know and I'd start sending them notes. And these notes over time became lesson plans and curricula to That's teach. So, cool. so I have a company called Bookable and I coach and make demos and I've been doing it for over a decade now. And I go to like voiceover conventions, not like Comic-Con, but like voice acting conventions uh, and do lectures and that kind of thing, um, which feels good because ultimately, let's face it, for the most part, I mean, listen, I'm not saying that, that the like Avengers is very fun to listen to and stuff, but promos and trailers and stuff, I, I don't know. I don't know how much I'm serving humankind. I feel like I'm sort of more serving my wallet, you know? Wait, like, which, hey, that serves your mankind. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> so, you know, it serves my family, which is good. I know that. But like, I also think we're here to be good bees for the hive, you know? And yeah. I felt like I was not being a very good bee. So hmm. teaching voiceover. I also teach at a university in Los Angeles, in, in an MFA program. And for their second year of the screen acting program, they get me for voice and speech to teach voiceover. That's uh, awesome. So it is, it feels that it's a, a part of me that's very important that I kind of mentor this and spread this out, uh, the craft of voiceover before AI takes all of our work. <laughs> Well, I well, I hope that I hope that doesn't happen for for a, a long, long time. Yeah, uh, and I, 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 something you said right there, where you're like promos, ah, like they're great, you know, they're great for what they do. But you, you said earlier on in our chat, like you resonate with story, and there's often like like when I listen to a commercial or a promo for a show that's coming on after the thing I'm watching, I'm like. Okay, cool. That's information. <laughs> right, right. Like, and I'm right. glad I have the information. information That's right. If, and promo can feel like that. So it, it was always important to me while I was at AMC that, and they gave me the room to do this, which was great. I didn't have to go tonight on AMC. I didn't have to do like standard announcer stuff. I could do things like, like for, for Walking Dead, I was never just announcing what it was on. In my mind, I am a survivor of the zombie apocalypse oh. and I'm in an underground bunker and new um, survivors have shown up and I'm gathering them around and I'm trying to warn them tonight on The Walking Dead only on AMC, right? So that's what I'm doing in my mind. I'm not getting in the booth and going tonight, on the, right? None of that. So I, I feel that I am immersing myself in storytelling. That could be yeah. actor nonsense, but I think it yields a different result. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, 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 I just, I just love that everything is, everything starts with Rick, and everything goes through the lens of story. And uh, I mean, that honestly, now you know, when I watch these episodes of Avengers for the billionth time with my, <laughs> you're like. There's a story behind that. There's there's a there's a guy in the in there uh, that is feeling this, and I I love that so much. Um, so we, we've come to the 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 thunder round, which is okay. uh, something that a, a great creator, a comic book writer, Jason Aaron, helped uh, helped name for us. So we keep okay. it around for him because he's thunder the, round. Yes, and uh, it's five questions. Um, Rick, you can answer them any way you want. Okay, answer them any way you wish. And um, we can't wait to get to know you a little better. Uh, okay. Number one, if you were a superhero, what would your superpowers be? I would look the way I look now, but I'd have unimaginable strength. So I wouldn't look strong, but I would be physically strong. Deceptively strong. Deceptively strong. That would be great fun. 
Uh, what is your number one pet peeve? Um, mouth sounds. Uh, when I record that, those little spit bubble pop Ooh. mouth sounds is yeah, that that's what I get. I hate that. You know what? I should probably should have muted myself. <laughs> hey, could you uh, drink a little water, please? No. <laughs> that is very similar to mine, which is like uh, people that eat with their mouth open. That is. Oh. Uh, I, oh. I want to like at dinner. I like I want to come across the table at you. <laughs> <laughs> a little curtain. I can't yeah, see this. Yeah. Uh, the third one. What drink or snack is your go-to? I'm vegan. Okay. And it kind of limits the things that you can, like, right? Uh, like, we don't even have honey because it's an animal. Product. But yeah. peanuts, uh, I'm a sucker for because peanuts are not alive. So uh, I don't have to worry. I don't have to feel guilty about them. I'm no. a big nut butter guy. That's it. I would have nut butter anything. You could put nut butter on all, a shoe and I would eat it. Nut oh butter. my gosh. Okay. Well, I, hey, I didn't see peanut butter coming, but I mean, I, I won't lie. Peanut butter is pretty hard to beat right it's fantastic I, I think it's because when i was a kid my mother would not allow it in the house she had a thing about it she thought it, it smelled she can't stand it and she once had a bad peanut you know like a bad one it was rotten and it turned it off turned her off forever so she wouldn't have it in the house so i always thought peanuts and peanut butter was disgusting until i was in college and i had to have some because i didn't have any money for anything else uh and i was like oh my good lord this is this is delicious. They lied to me. <laughs> My whole life was a lie. Call your mom and like, first of all, what? Yeah, the listen, Ma. <laughs> yeah, we had uh, number number four. Um, so um, when you're not bringing characters to life on stage, on screen, uh, in the in the booth, what are you? What do you do for fun? It's a good question. Uh, I practice magic, but I don't practice any one particular trick. I just practice okay. magic skills like back palming a card or flipping a coin. I, I, if someone said do a trick, I couldn't. I could only do skills. <laughs> I have I've got skills. I don't know if I could actually do a trick, uh, but I do that and I love to cook. That's oh, what I do. So, well, okay. Brief side question: What's your favorite dish to make? Like, say you're you're having a party. What's your favorite dish to like make for a group of people? Yeah, it would likely be something Asian influenced and something extremely spicy. I, that happened to me too. I don't know why that happened, but I'm a spice guy. I like it as hot as you can get. I, I don't want to be in pain, but I'm not uh, shy about it. So I think one of my favorite dishes now, and it has been for a while now, I've really held on to this, is tokboki, Korean okay. dish, rice cakes. Uh, they look like uh, cheese sticks, you know those mozzarella cheese sticks. Yeah, yeah. They're shaped like that, but it's it's rice. It's like okay. a giant piece of rice, and you put them in this very very spicy gochujang sauce. And, Love uh, oh, it, I, I could eat it forever. I mean, I could just eat that every night. It's all carbs. It's all bad for you, and it's all delicious. But and now it's all that I want to eat. After. <laughs> it, it is. Speaking of dinner, our last Thunder Round question. If you could have dinner with any one person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? Now all I keep thinking is, who would I like to have dinner with who's dead? Like, just have them falling apart on the, yeah. Just what any number of dead figure from history would you yeah, love to a dead have? guy. I'd love to have dinner with him. Uh, I think um, 
it's not fair because I've already mentioned, but it would probably either be Houdini or Mel Blanc since they have been so pivotal in my life. Yeah. It would be cool if you gave me the permission to invite both of them. Absolutely. Uh, to, and the three of us, could you imagine that like Harry, Mel and Rick all having Tokboki together? That is... Yeah. That's who you're, ma that's who you're making the dish, and you get to make it for them. I mean, stop. Oh, that's it. That's that is a yeah, perfect dinner there. That goes up on the top of my bucket list if somehow I can work that out. Yeah, I mean, if the technology gets us, <laughs> gets us there, can, please. Um, so Rick, I think thanks for entertaining us with the with the thunder round. Uh, so how can how can fans? Uh, keep up with your work. What have you got going on more recently? Uh, we just spent a lot of time talking about a show that has been off the air for almost over a decade. <laughs> uh, but like, what? It's it, true. What in 2023? What is what is Rick up to? How can we uh, check out what I, you're doing? I do have I do have uh, games coming out, and I do uh, a big a big game. I think I can mention it. Oh God, I don't know if I can mention it. It's, it's a, perfectly fine if you can. There's a big online game. And, and I'm, I've been voice, I've done voices for it for a long time, but I just did a whole lot more okay. and have more coming up soon. Uh, so I probably shouldn't say what it is, but so I've done that. And then um, I have, uh, I just did, um, I can't mention that either. Well, okay. I'm, I'm on a new Netflix series. It's not out yet, but I play a very, very bad guy on that. So that is coming out. When it comes out, you'll know what I'm talking about. Live, so, live action, Rick, or voice? No, it's animated. Okay, fantastic. fantastic. It's animated. I'm sure, I'm sure my kids will find it before I do. Yeah, um, it's, so that's good. And then uh, it, I don't really write very much about what I'm doing because, uh, you know, I got kids and I'm I'm doing stuff. And uh, But but I, uh, rickwasserman.com has yeah. all my pictures and demos and all that stuff and clips and uh, and then bookablevo.com is all of my coaching and demo stuff. If anybody's ever interested in just learning or just asking questions about it. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and then trybooth.com is my portable booth, uh, which is obviously not just good for animation, video game and cartoons and stuff like that, but uh, for podcasting. So well, when you take we're... this on the road. <laughs> hey, I, you know what? Why, why not? Why not? Why not? So let, uh, we'll we'll include links to all those things in the episode. Oh, that's cool. And listeners, go go check out um all all fine uh, Rick projects uh, <laughs> websites the products. Like go check it out. Um, it's absolutely free to go look and check it out. And hopefully, uh, hopefully you find those things helpful and awesome. Uh, Rick, thank you so much for uh for Absolutely. me getting to talk to one of my favorite characters um and uh just getting to know more about you man um I, we really appreciate your time tonight absolutely yeah, i had a ball thanks so much it was it was a really good time so everybody uh for for me for rick you can go check us out uh on uh, at mighty thor podcast on instagram and you can join our thor core on patreon if you want to check out more of this we've got stuff featuring loki and hercules coming out uh, we're gonna try out like a monthly special show over there for those of you that want more of this uh and uh we thank you for so much of our thor core that's supporting us you guys are awesome and uh we just remind you one thing like we do at the end of every episode wherever you're at in the nine realms whatever you're doing we just ask you to do one thing that is uh to stay worthy